Hey, this is Joe Palumbo of the Texas Rangers. You are listening to the Rangers Nation podcast and the Recliner Nerd. Hey, this is Scott Heinem with Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rangers Nation's podcast. I'm your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode is the Ranger Nation Roadshow. Today, we're at Bricks Bar and Grill in Plano, Texas, with our roundtable. Roundtable is Chris Halleck from Sports Illustrated, Alex Plink from Dallas Sports Fanatic, Joe Carrillo from Dallas Sports Nation, special guest, Jeff Fry, former Texas Ranger, former Boston Red Sox, former Colorado Rocky, and former Toronto Blue Jay. We'll also call Levi Weaver, who will give his grade on the offseason, and talk about trades or, or deals he'd like to see made. We'll also do that with the roundtable going around there. We'll talk about Rangers. We'll talk about prospects. We'll go down in the bus league, and we'll do all of that right after this. This is Nick Solak with the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rangers Nations podcast. I am your host, the Recano Nerd, John Moore, and we are at the Texas Rangers Roadshow at Bricks Bar and Grill in Plano, Texas. Everybody give it up for Bricks Bar and Grill. Woo! We're here over here on uh, 1410 Avenue K, Plano, Texas. We got some special guests with us today. To my left from Sports Illustrated, we got Chris Hallett. Chris, how are you, sir? What is going on? Over past him, we've got from Dallas Sports Fanatic, we've got Alex Plink. Alex, what's up, buddy? Good evening. And from Sport Dallas Sports Nation, also with me with the Texas Rangers, we got Joe Carrillo. JC, what's up, my friend? Nothing much. What's going on? Let's do it. And we've got a special guest joining us from former Texas Ranger, former Boston Red Sox, Colorado Rocky. Give it up for Jeff Fry. Jeff, thanks for coming out. What's going on, fellas? All right, guys. So we want to appreciate everybody here from... Uh, from Bricks Bar and Grill. And listen, for you that are here, please take care of, uh, uh, say hello to Brett and for welcoming us out here and also take care of uh, Shay. She's the bartender tonight. Want to make sure Shay does well out there. Guys, this has been exciting. We've talked about this for a while. So uh, I want to welcome all you guys out. It's been a lot of fun um, getting this thing together. So a lot of things we want to talk about here. We're going to talk with Jeff first. You guys, do any of y'all have questions for Jeff that y'all want to know yet? And I did a podcast with him last week. So you guys, any of you guys have anything you wanted to ask him before we got rolling on some Texas Ranger stuff? Man, I guess what's the best part about being in the big leagues? I mean, that, that's one of our dreams whenever we're growing up. We're talking about, hey, I want to be on TV. I want to be out there on the field. I want to be out there in the spotlight playing in the big leagues in front of thousands and thousands of people. How was, how was that? What was the best feeling out there? Oh man, it was a great. I mean, it was a great feeling too. I think really, for me, probably just the idea that it was a dream come true as a kid. I wanted to do it my whole life and finally get to the big leagues. And I mean, I can honestly remember playing in games where I had chills, just looking around, going, "Is this real? Or is this a dream? I'm really a big leaguer, you know?" And it, I mean, once the game starts, you're you know you're competing, you're trying to win. Um, a lot of the stuff before and after the game, you start realizing how many people look up to you yeah. and, you know, fans chasing you around. And then the travel was pretty cool. 
Yeah. We didn't have to go through the terminal, so we drove right <laughs> to the plane, <laughs> got on the plane. We didn't have to touch our luggage. You go to the hotel, you go right up to your room. Um, so that was a pretty cool part of it. So <clears throat> we were just talking about it. Uh, we were talking about, like, all the different players that you faced. Uh, just so that everybody can hear, uh, you know, who was, like, some of the hardest pitchers you ever had to face? Uh, you mentioned a couple of them. Some of them I got to watch. I'm a little older than some of these guys here. Uh, I'm not the oldest, thankfully. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That goes to me and Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did get to, uh, to hear some of them because they're some of the, the pitchers and, and baseball players I watched growing up. So uh, who were some of the hardest pitchers you faced and some of the uh, players that you really enjoyed either playing with or playing against? Well, I thrived on um, playing against the uh, the studs. You know, I mean, Roger Clemens. Randy Johnson, Mariano Rivera. Um, I, for some reason, I did well against those guys. They were, I, I just looked at it as the ultimate challenge. You know, if I can get have a good game off Roger Clements and, you know, all my family and friends at home are going to be proud of me. And the scouting report, uh, one of my best friends is uh, was a video coordinator for the Rockies, and his dad was the video guy for the Mariners when I played. And his dad was a good friend of mine, and he told me, he said, the scouting report on you is – you hit the other team's best pitchers than anybody on your team. And that's because I could hit a fastball. Yeah. And most of the best pitchers in the game, Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, I mean, those guys had good fastballs. And sure. I could hit them. And I knew they were coming after me because, you know, I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't a home run threat, so they were going to come after me with their fastball, and I usually hit those guys pretty well. Can't, can't argue with that. I mean, if you're a good fastball hitter, that's – in your situation, not being the power guy on there, I, I could imagine that that – hey, who was a good – let me ask you this. Who was a character? Who was somebody that was hysterical on the road, the pranks, the stuff you hear about major leaguers doing, big leaguers? Who's somebody that you'll always – some funny story that will always uh, – Roger McDowell was, was a character. Billy Ripken. Bobby <laughs> Witt. Bobby Witt was hilarious. Um, I mean, there was a lot of guys that were really funny guys. I, believe it or not, um, I was like one of the character guys on our team, and yeah. I would always do funny stuff during the games, in the dugout, you know, like the hot foot lighting guys. Yeah. We did it to Conseco. We burned his cleats. and <laughs> I mean, We did a lot of funny stuff. But, uh, like, for example, when I was playing for the Red Sox, um, <laughs> Jimmy Williams was the manager. Yeah. And, so, and I had a great relationship with Jimmy, and so I would – do funny stuff during the, during the game. Right. And um, they would play. We had the, the worst music in Fenway. Oh. I is mean, it? it was like, you know, it's a small world after oh, all. No. Not like Metallica or good, you know, three doors down. It was horrible. Be, be, <laughs> glad, be glad it wasn't Elvis Andrews and the Baby Shark song. Oh, I'm that's telling you. <laughs> and, and so I would do funny stuff in the dugout. So I remember this one time in, in Fenway. They're playing that song, um, I think it's Dire Straits, um, Dire Straits where it's, uh, you know, put me in, coach. I'm, you know, I'm ready to play center yeah. field or whatever. Yeah. So I'm in the dugout, not playing that day, and I'm down at the end of the dugout with a towel over my face so Jimmy Williams couldn't see me. Yeah. And every time it said, put me in, coach, I would scream it out loud in the dugout, put me in, coach. And, Jimmy's like, I, and I finally put the towel down. I looked down at Jimmy. He's got his arms crossed. He's shaking his head at me. So, I mean, it was, you know, it's a long season. It, it makes it go by a lot easier if you're having fun. 
I went to Fenway last year. I can attest to your statement of the music is indeed one of the worst. <laughs> Horrible. I mean, I didn't realize when they were playing um, Neil Diamond back then that now it's now it's the thing. Every seventh inning, they play Neil Diamond. Sweet so what Caroline. else do they have? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was brutal. And that stadium, and let me tell you what, for, for anybody that's – Never been to you've been to Fenway. I have. If you if you don't, you you're probably not old enough to remember the old Arlington Stadium. You played there. I used to go there. Actually, under the stands at Fenway can remind you of kind of the way it was at the old Arlington Stadium. The atmosphere once you got in the ballpark was different because this is where, you know, Ted Williams played. This is I mean this is crazy, how good this was. But now, but Fenway underneath, it's tight. It's I mean, it's cramped. Y'all didn't see it. You were a player. Y'all came out a different way. But, I mean, it was tight and it was cramped. Um, so, okay, you know what? Let's get into some Texas Rangers stuff now. I want to get into stuff that's going on with the Texas Rangers right now. We're going to give uh, Levi a call in just a second because I want to give some grades on this and, uh, and, and see what you thought about the offseason and what they've done this year. Let's see if he's about ready to go. Um, let's start with you uh, over here, Chris. What do you give the offseason so far this year? What do you think? Well, we talked about it uh, when I was on your uh, on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, but uh, I think overall it's been a it's been a good offseason. Obviously, they've missed on some big time free agents, and that hurts. Um, you know, they missed on Anthony Rendon, they missed on Josh Donaldson, they missed on Castellanos. They didn't get uh, Starling Marte in the trade, but they were able to really upgrade the rotation. They got Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles for the back end of the rotation, and then obviously when you trade for a two time Cy Young winner. And Corey Kluber, yeah, uh, that that's going to help. And if he's healthy and anything close to his 2017 or 2018 form, he's he's that, that's a that's a dang good pitcher right there. So uh, that definitely helps the rotation. There's still a lot of question marks uh, in the lineup and in mm-hmm. the bullpen. Um, you know, some of the internal veteran guys have got to you know you need to see Rugnet Odor you know step it up. You got to see Elvis Andrews. Can he get closer to what he was in 2017? Yeah. Um, so. There's still some question marks, but overall, I think it's been a good winner. They've they've added to the roster uh, and gotten better, um, which is one of their goals. They've expanded payroll, which was one of their goals. Yep. Twenty twenty is not an all in season, so you know if you were expecting them to go all in and try to win the World Series this year, it wasn't going to happen. No, but they, and that that's part of the thing, Jeff. What did you think? What if you had to grade it? You mean like A B C D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did about B B plus. B plus. I yeah. I, I would say it's probably a, a B. B minus right now, but it's all depending on Corey Kluber. Right. If Corey Kluber is close to what he was in Cleveland, it's maybe an A. Because yeah. and I like the addition of Frazier at third base. He's a right. solid, solid major leaguer. Um, you know, there's still questions um, what we're going to get from our remaining guys. I think yeah. that's the the big thing. But yeah. uh, I think I think a lot of it depends on what kind what type of Corey Kluber we get. Right. Alex, what did you think? So as a kid in school, you get anything less than a B as a failing grade. Right. I don't, I'd say B minus. Yes. You have to look at what you have at to end the season. There's a lot of good things that came out of it. Right. So going into this season, you don't want to just dump everything and sign anybody you can off the streets just because you can, because you have the money to do so. Right. Make trades because fans are telling you make these trades. Exactly. So you have to evaluate with what you have. Right. I think, honestly, even though they missed out, which hurts, it was a successful offseason. Now, months down the road, there may be different opinions that go there, uh, different results. Right. But I would say B-minus. Okay. 
Okay, be honest. Joe, we're going to go to you. I'm going to get Levi on here real quick. He said he's good to go. Levi Weaver's going to join us. Let's see if we can uh, hear him on here. Can you hear it? Levi, you better answer, man. Come on with it. He's coming. Hello. Hey, Levi, what's going on, sir? Hey, so joining us right now, guys, you put it together. You guys know him from The uh, Athletic. He's the beat reporter for The Athletic. Um, he also hosts Welcome to the Hit Show with Miss Emily Jones. A lot of y'all know who that is. Levi Weaver, he decided to jump on us real quick just for a couple of questions. Levi, thanks for joining, bud. Hey, I'm so happy to do it. Hey, uh, you guys doing all right over there? Yeah, we're we're here at Bricks Bar and Grill in Plano, Texas. Got a few folks out here. We got Jeff Fry, former Texas Ranger, someone you know as a kid probably, and uh, and it may have met him around there. So, um, so we're going through grades right now. We were going to JC. We'll go to you first. Uh, kind of, if if you had to do sort of a letter grade for what the Rangers have done this off season, um, where would you put this off season as far as they've done what 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 JD's done so far? Boy, uh, I would. We'll go B minus. B minus. There's been a lot of good moves. Yeah, I mean they had to move a corner outfielder. They did that by trading Nomar Mazara. Um, they were able to solidify the rotation with Corey Kluber, who I think they probably kind of did a buy low on um, getting him without giving up too terribly much. Uh, they, I mean, Todd Frazier is a stop gap. I think Torino's definitely represents an improvement uh, behind the plate, but. They also didn't get Anthony Rendon, which I think was their probably their biggest target going into the offseason. And, and to whiff on that, I mean, you're not you're not going to get an A. I think they've done a reasonable job of, of a lot of the other moves that they've made. I I think it will be a better team in 2020 than it was in 2019. I agree. So, so JC, what did you think? I think about the same thing. You got to give them a solid B, no matter what this offseason has been somewhat of a success. And I did an article. I want to say last week about that because they've solidified the rotation they've like levi said they've had a stop gap stop gap with todd frazier who can also play first base if we need him and you know delino's gone no Mazar is gone so he's moving danny santana more than likely penciled in for center, center field and he really wasn't all Still that moves bad they can make, yeah. exactly and so in the offseason is not over we're gonna see spring training come through and see this 40-man roster is looking really interesting yeah so my, me personally I gave them a B, a B plus, and the reason being, look, the, the biggest problem with this team last year that I thought wasn't necessarily the lineup. Yeah, the lineup wasn't fantastic, but look, you got past Minor and you got past Lynn, it was like a 7.65 ERA. This is, it was pretty obvious the rotation was something that needed to be redressed. And I think most people figured they would go into the offseason, sign maybe one big name, someone else, and then you were going to depend on Palumbo, you were going to depend on Burke or Allard or someone to fill in the gap. Those guys right now that's a solid triple a rotation and they've done frazier they address third base there's still moves that could be made um so I, right now it's a solid b b plus for me right now i think they could make it better we're going to go into that now we'll start with levi since i know he's out with the family right now the next one is what moves do you think you would like to see him make this offseason levi what do you think i would still like to see them trade for a big name third baseman whether that's I, mean, I think we're probably down to Nolan Arenado and Chris Bryant. That'd be really exciting, I think, depending on, you know, the reason that hasn't happened yet is the price has been too steep. I know the Rangers are interested, um, but they're not going to give up, you know, the entire plot for, for either of those guys. So I think that'd be great. And, and barring that, I don't know, is there, a, is there a center fielder that they could pick up? I mean, 
I would have loved to have seen them go after Bookie Betts to see if he can play center field. Um, if the Red Sox are in cell mode, maybe Jackie Bradley Jr. is available. That's somebody I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And we talked to JD last week. He mentioned he sort of volunteered a little bit of information. Like he said, you know, it feels like the trade market is just is heating up. When he said last offseason, it was the other way around. The trade happened and then. Yeah. Free agency ran all the way into February. That's kind of quick. A lot of the free agents signed early, and the trade market is really starting to take shape. And pretty soon after that, Mookie Betts as well. Yeah. It's the first time. Um, so I, I do think they're still engaged and still talking. I, I, Daniels does not seem to me to be the kind of guy to panic and overpay it because he needs to make a move. But I think they are still engaged. So it will be interesting to put a few weeks old. Okay. Chris, what do you think? I think uh, very similar. I was on that same uh, conference call that uh, John Daniels and Chris Woodward had with uh, with with some of the media, and yeah, I, I, they're still actively engaged, and uh, I think there's still a good amount of trade targets out there at positions that they that they need. Uh, my personal favorite of all of them is Trey Mancini, but I, you know, you're preaching to the choir. How how available is he? Is Baltimore even going to make him really available? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like uh, you know I like a Jackie Bradley Jr. If they can get him for the right price, uh, you know fans now are talking about the whole Jock Peterson thing. I don't see a fit. Um, he doesn't look like he can play center field on a regular basis anymore. No. And his defense at 20 games <laughs> in 20 games at first base last season was not good. So I don't think there's a fit there. So yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. may, may be an ender in Ciarte, but again, if Atlanta makes him available, you know. Yeah, that's all it. Jeff, what about you? I mean, usually, you know, at the start of spring training, there's not many more moves to be made. Right. And so I don't know. Um, these teams are now in a position to where they're going to start, you know, putting together their teams. And, I mean, there might be a few guys available. I don't really see, you know, I know the Chris Bryant situation has changed recently. Right. Um, with the ruling by Major League Baseball. So I don't, I mean, I guess that's a possibility. Um, but, I mean, I really don't see that them doing a whole lot. I just don't re- don't see it happen a lot at this point in the season. Alex, anybody you want to see? Obviously, third base, center field are the two major. Third base, take a chance on Chris Bryant. I know the Nolan Arenado talks went down. It'll be dependent on what happens in the trade deadline, how the Rockies want to proceed with that. But if you look at the roster, there's one thing that I noticed on there. With the departure of Delano DeShields, this team doesn't really have much speed on the bases. Right. I mean, they've got some medium fast guys, but you don't have that speed threat that you can insert into the ninth inning down by one and score from first base. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yep. What about you, JC? Man, on top of what Alex just said, Billy Hamilton is still a free agent. And so Billy Hamilton has... Pilar. Yeah, Kevin Pillar is also a good one. See, Billy Hamilton had four straight seasons of over 50, bi- 50 bases yeah. stolen. And then, uh, he, then he somewhat, I guess, fell off with 34 and then 22. But What's that, Levi? I think he signed with the Giants. Did, did, I think Hamilton signed with the Giants. Did he? Oh, he signed with the Giants. Oh, yeah. I must have missed it. Well, Pillar is also a good one that I do like. I did like your opinion on Kevin Pillar, John. He's older, and but, you know, he's still a good player. Like, Santana did a, did an adequate job out there last year. You know, if you get any more time out there, look, he's a relatively fast guy. He's good. You know, everyone's got to tap the brakes. That one year, this is one year that Santana had a great year. 
Look at everything before that. He had a great rookie year where he was rookie of the year. Other than that, there was a reason that two teams DFA'd him and, and basically let him go. I would love it that this turns into something great, and maybe it's the hitting coach. Uh, you know, maybe it's Rangel here or, or whoever that's, that's got him going, but, but we don't know that. Um, I, I like – if there's any trade to be made, I'm a Mancini guy. Like we said, I don't know if, if Baltimore's going to make him available because he could slide right into first base right there. Um, if you could get uh, – Arenado's a pipe dream. I love it. I mean, I would, I'd think I'd give up half the farm from Arenado if he – you know, especially if they could get the the uh, the uh, his opt-out out of that and, and, and get him there. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think – now, Levi, earlier you and I had talked, uh, we were at the deal that the athletic thing, you really thought that was a real possibility, but that's obviously tapered off now? Yeah, I mean, I, I just really think that the talk just cooled. We're not still hearing the rumors. I, I, we've heard rumors of the Rangers being interested in Aaron for years. I mean, yeah. I think that was originally their, their big plan was for him to hit free agency and make a big run out of Aaron and the Rockies signed into the big extension. Right. Uh, so if you know that the interest is there, my big hesitation was like, well, the Rockies are surely not going to trade him. Come on, why would they do that a year after asking him an extension? And our Rockies guy, Nick Brooks, is like, listen, I have talked to the GM. I have tried to give him an out where he could say, like, nah, just kidding. I didn't mean it. And he's for real, like, he's legitimately considering trading his auto. So anytime the player that you wanted for years is available, I mean, those talks are going to happen. And I... Right. Uh, and then when the thing happened, you know, where they said they're not going to trade in, and then he basically said, I want out. And yeah, it seemed like the price maybe dropped at that point, but I guess not well enough. It's gotten messy for sure, I tell you what. and that So that, that could be something. Hey, Levi, when are you heading out to spring training? Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. How long do you think you'll be out there? Uh, I will come back for a couple weeks in early March, um, but I will be there all of it except for two weeks. Okay. Hey, listen, I appreciate you jumping on. I know you're having some uh, family dinner tonight and uh, taking time to talk with us. That's Levi Weaver. Everybody give him a round of applause. Levi jumped on with us real quick. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, bud. We'll see you around. Okay, see you. All right, we'll Okay, so let's get back to it. We wanted to go back to Jeff. I wanted to talk to you about something. You're an agent, okay? So you And you've also been a major league player. Contract negotiations as an agent or how, how does this thing – tell me the process of – of a negotiation when when free agency hits who contacts who first what goes on is the back and forth i mean we only hear what boris does but what what's really behind that it is never really one it never really goes down one certain way sometimes a team you'll hear from a team or multiple teams or you might make some phone calls out and what i found to be an agent is if they're not interested in your player they're not calling you back <laughs> You so know, so you, is, you're initiating, too. You're yeah. trying to put feelers out. Yeah, you, you try to look at the team's rosters and see which which team you think your client would be the best fit. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's which team is going to pay your client the most money. Yeah. You know, and um, so it, it varies. Every situation is different. I mean, I've had situations, a, a funny one back when we represented Ryan Franklin. Yeah. Um, was uh, I had a newborn. Yeah. And um, just so happens that uh, – it was Walt Jockety, and um, I can't remember who else it was. I think it was uh, um, John Moziliak called me, and um, my baby was crying. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I had to answer the phone. Yeah. I answered the phone. I said, 
hey guys, I apologize. There was like five guys in, on this conference call, and yeah. I was like, I apologize, but I'm in the middle of changing the diaper. You give me a minute. <laughs> and there was nothing else I could do, and the baby was coming first. Sorry, <laughs> babies before clients, and uh, yeah. so uh, they understood. They kind of laughed it off. I got the baby taken care of, and they worked out a deal, and they thought it was pretty funny. But like I told you before, with the Darren Oliver contract, you know, I was on the golf course, and Sandy Johnson called me. You know, after the second hole, and it was windy, and I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do here? Yeah. So I climbed through some bushes, get out of the wind, and uh, answer the phone and negotiate Darren's contract from the bushes. Yeah. So it just kind of, I mean, it's kind of funny with every situation is a little bit different, but uh, you know, a lot of the times you go to the winter meetings, and you just bump into people, and you see who's interested in your client. You say, hey, you know, let's get something a couple hours, and next thing you know, it turns into the next day, and it's... Right. I mean, it's just kind of a crazy process altogether. Yeah. Did you have something? Um, I guess what's the hardest part about it? I know, I know you have so many names out there. How do you? I guess how do you go about choosing who you go out and try to represent? I know there's a long list of players, and I know it's hard for you to get your name out there. So how do you go about? I guess going after them. I find out about most of the players through scouts. I've made a lot of friends in the scouting industry over the years, and. And also through teams, um, I mean, you can go to all the publications or whatever, yeah. you know, Baseball America or, you know, Perfect Game and things like that. But I don't really do that that much anymore. Most of the time it's through referrals or a, a client of mine will say, hey, we got a guy on our team that, you know, is not happy with his agent. Yeah. Which is always tough because sometimes that guy's agent that he's not happy with might be a friend of mine. Sure. And, you know, I always... I approach it a lot differently, I think, than other agents. I was like, listen, I'll talk to the guy and say, you need to call your agent first Yep. and get it straightened out. And if it doesn't work out, you have my number. But right. I'm not going to represent you or help you until you handle it the way you're supposed to. Now, do you, do you go after amateurs too? I mean, are you trying to find someone that maybe is getting high on a, on, a, on a draft board or something like that that you can? It's tough being a smaller, smaller agency because – you know, everybody knows who the top guys are. Sure. And unfortunately, yeah. now they're recruiting these guys when they're freshmen and sophomores in high school. Yeah. Which means, as an agent, if I go out there and I'm competing against Scott Boris or CAA or whatever, yeah. this kid's a sophomore throwing 93 or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm going to have to go to every one of his games. Right. And um, I don't have the, the clients behind me yeah. that these other guys do. And then, you know, three years later, after I've wasted countless nights going to watch this kid and trying to talk to his parents, they decide yeah. to go with this company. Sure. And it's just, I mean, it's tough competing in this industry for sure. I can imagine. Anybody else have anything? Okay, so let's do something else. Uh, we, we've, we've gone over the Ranger stuff. I wanted to go, I call it down in the bus leagues. You said the bush leagues. You were down in the, the bus leagues. Um, let's talk about prospects this year that we're excited about seeing. Um, we've actually got uh, Heath Criswell here from Prospect Times. Um, I know that he'll he'll do some stuff later this year. Are you going to do any kind of a countdown later, Heath, or are you going to nothing like that? But you, you'll always see Heath will be out uh, doing the uh, Frisco Rough Riders. You'll see him out there all the time. But uh, so everyone knows the top prospect. We've all heard of Josh Young. We've heard of Sam Huff. We've heard of those. Who's somebody that no one's talking about? That you think you want to. I can't say no one's talking about because Baseball America's hyping them up, but Maximo Acosta. That's that's is, mine. Is is a name that's really starting to make the make the rounds. Um, Gliber Torres is what I hear. This the, the, the next, yeah. main comparison for for Maximo. Yeah. Uh, 
Now, granted, obviously, I haven't seen him in person. Uh, you know, yeah. He hasn't even made his pro debut yet, but just seeing what, what you see on, on, on camera, uh, he's got a really nice swing, and uh, his footwork looks really fluid, and uh, he, he just he looks like he's going to be a really good baseball player, especially being so young. So uh, hopefully we get to see him make his pro debut this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Maximo is definitely a guy who, you know, whenever he starts getting hyped up, you're like, okay, let me, let me start reading and watching this guy, and... You start looking, you're like, wow, this guy's this guy's pretty impressive so far for being 17. Right. I mean, Chris basically just said it, Maximo. That's who I mean, everyone's that's talking about is Maximo. Is that who? No, actually, I mean, I really want to see Leota Severus. I mean, because we're short in the outfield. We're talk, we were talking about a center fielder earlier. I really want to see if he's able to. I mean, he's on the 40-man roster right now. Right. And so I want to see if he'll be able to take that next step and really come through. We know he's great defensively, but offensively is where we've seen the inconsistency. So I really want to see if he's able to take that next step this year. I think he's going to start at double A, probably. He might start at double A, but there could be triple A, too. Yeah. I mean, it, he might start at double A, but he'll be, he'll be in Nashville before the end of the season. Yeah, and, and he's got to get the bat going. I mean, he's – you don't think so? From what I've seen, I mean, he's going to he's gonna be challenged offensively. Really? And um, it doesn't mean he can't do it. I yeah. Mean, but, uh, I mean, he can't steal first. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. You know, so Billy Hamilton's living proof of that. <laughs> no matter how fast you are, if you can't get on first base, it doesn't do much good. Well, it makes it harder this year with the September rosters, instead of going to 40, going to 28. Oh, yeah. So they, yeah, they're, they're doing that whole thing now where they can't cut. But the 20, yeah, you're right. And, and look, the, the one true center fielder that the Rangers have in their organization in the lower in, in the minor leagues, Tavares is the best defender, like we've talked about. But like he said, Billy Hamilton proved you can't steal first base. He's got to get on base. He really struggled. Two years at Down East, he, he struggled. And I, he's still young. He's only 21 years old. I mean, he is still young. Uh, coming up, uh, I tell you, one I want to see come back this year is, uh, and both of them have had these injuries as, as uh, Anderson Tejada. And I want to see Chris Cease. These are two guys that were on my top 20 list. That, that, but both of them fell back. And, and Chris Cease has had the worst luck. This dude tore it up when he first came up. He was drafted. I think he was a first or second round pick. He was out of, I believe he was out of Arizona. He comes up. It tore it up, got injured, and tore his rotator cuff his, his first year in pro ball. He comes back last year, starts out at Hickory just playing shortstop every day. You know, people I had talked to had said, this is the guy that will replace Elvis Andrews. This is the guy that will move up and take Elvis' spot. And he comes in, he starts out, and it's not his throwing shoulder. He's diving back to second base and, and tears his other shoulder and misses another. But that's a guy I want to watch. Tejada, you know, he was the guy everybody was all high on, but then he decided to become a switch hitter, started down east, and that, that little experiment – didn't t- he ended up getting hurt, I believe, also. But uh, that's another one too that I, I, I want to watch for sure. There's a there's a relief pitcher was in Frisco last year. I think his name is Evans. Demarcus. Demarcus Evans. Demarcus yeah. Evans will be in the big leagues this year. Yeah, that's that's I, my next deal. Yeah. So I actually uh, just did my opening day um, prediction or projection. I saw that, and, and I made it. I made two like hot takes, if you want to call them. I don't think they're really that. It's not that far of a stretch. Right. But one of them was putting Demarcus Evans in the bullpen. He has a chance, man. I saw that guy pitch a couple times last year, and he does. He throws strikes, and he doesn't. He doesn't throw as hard as some of the other guys they had on their team. Yeah. 
but it gets on you and it has back in my day they called it life or late yeah. life now today you know it'd be spin rate or whatever yeah but he's throwing 92 93 by everybody he's and a, he's a big donkey he, he looks like he, lee smith oh my god and he just pounds the strike zone and uh, I mean, I don't know at what point he's going to be in the big leagues, but he's going to be in the big leagues this year. This is a very big man. He looks like an offensive guard or tackle. I mean, this guy's six seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. I mean, this is a big, big man. And you know, you said he came out of a little junior college in Mississippi, is where he came from. He's drafted, um, and so I'm, yes. So now that's obvious one. Right there. I was gonna, the next question we're going to get into is about making your major league debut. Um, who you know? This is someone that's never been in the big leagues. So you can't go back to Palumbo and all those guys that made starts. So everyone I think thinks Demarcus Evans is going to make his major league deb- debut this year. I think that's pretty much almost a lock unless there's an injury. I hope not. Knock on wood. Um, but who is a long shot? Is there anybody that you think's a long shot that could possibly make their way up into the big leagues to make their major league debut? Someone that no one's really talking about. Off the top of my head, man, I don't even know. I mean, we, we were just talking about Leoti possibly making a chance, but if he, he hasn't even sniffed AAA yet, yep. and he's still struggling with the bat, I mean, I don't see that happening. Uh, you start going through the rest of the top prospects, uh, everybody else is really far away. Uh, Hans Kraus is really far away. And, yeah, he's uh, not coming. Yeah, yet. I mean, a lot of the top guys are far away. Maybe... No, no, no. I was going to say Steel Walker, but no, he's too far away, too. I think he's going to be starting in, in AA. So, uh, off the top of my head, I can't even think of anybody. And Steele's could be possible long. He's not on the 40 man roster, though. So, that's no. going to require a roster move right there. That's why he was attractive. Um, we had to clear the roster spot. That's why they sent Mazzara out. He came back. So, yeah, unless he's killing it. You know, I always wonder with the Rangers, you see these guys like uh, Acuna. You know, comes up at 20. Where's our guy that's 20 years old that needs to force his way up? Maximo. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I, I, I want to see that. I guess my and you know, I kind of was. I, I struggled with this going long shot. Who, who, who are you know another guy who, who was off the? He's off the 40 man roster. He got DFA'd and didn't go anywhere. Is Joe Barlow? Who he is another one that could possibly make his major league. He he throws 100 miles an hour. He's a catcher turned into a. A relief pitcher um, maybe and we talked about it it would have to require an injury we were talking about it over here a while ago it would require an injury if if Sam Huff starts out in double-a starts hitting bombs again and he's throwing out 48 percent of base runners um, there's a point where you play your way onto a chance let's be honest you can play your way to a chance if that you know if, if you do that it does with 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 Torino's there with and, and Trevino behind him Jeff Mathis he may not make the run. We'll have to see. That's $3 million. They probably don't want to just eat that $3 million. Um, can I can I do a quick little pitch on Jeff Mathis, though? Yes. Okay, so he started way more games than the Rangers ever intended last year. Exactly. He started way more games, and uh, his body just didn't hold up. The Rangers pushed him. Um, John Daniels even said we pushed him way harder than we ever wanted to. 80, 86 games or something he, he, pitched, he caught. Way more than they ever wanted That he's to. ever done. And so Robinson Chirinos is now there. If he's healthy all year, that's a guy who can catch 100 games. Easy. And so now you're talking about at most Mathis will catch 60, but you know there's going to be times where somebody's got to do, you know, go 10 days on the injury list or whatever, and Chirinos is going to come up and, and right. catch some games. Exactly. So Mathis in a much smaller role um, 
plus with his rapport that he has with the with the pitching staff, you know, namely Mike Miner. Right. He might be a little bit more productive of a player. Is he still going to be like exactly what Rangers fans want? No, but well, no, back- but Ranger fans are never happy. <laughs> <laughs> So no, we you know they, they there's people that Odor could start out hitting 320 with you know have an ops of or an, an ops of 950 and you know his OBP goes up to 400 and there's still people that doesn't like his chain. Or How the far into the season is he doing that? Though? Yeah, well he's gonna have to do it. He's gonna have to keep doing it. They're not gonna let him go like he did last year. He can't hit 200. He's no. got to hit 240 at least to keep his job. At least 240 to keep his job. Uh, Mathis, I think, is in the same position I was at points of my career. It was like, either bench me or trade me. Yeah. Because uh, overexposure is the quickest way out of this game. And yeah. Mathis is not an everyday player. No. He's a, a great guy handling the pitching staff. You know, you know, they call him a catching savant. But yeah. You can't Framing have pitches. a guy hit 160 and play that much. You yeah, know, especially this year. I, I, got, I got one for you. So all this stuff that's happened probably in the last five years as far as pitch framing and how value, how it's more important to your pitching staff to have a catcher who can steal strikes and do all that. What's the uh, robot strike zone going to do to those guys? That's those guys are not right – honestly, what, why do we need a catcher who can steal strikes when strikes can't be stolen anymore? <laughs> that's exactly it. We're going to go back to a guy who can maybe do something with a bat. Now, are you for that's, that? For the, the no, absolutely not. You're not I've, for the robot strikes on. No, I'm I'm so used You're to horrible school. umpires. I think they should stay forever. <laughs> These guys have been horrible for years. Why should, why should they lose their job? <laughs> well, that, that would that would automatically raise Sam. That would make Sam Huff the number one prospect easily. Yeah. Because now if he doesn't have to have the pressure about pitch framing and everything like that, now it's just you know don't, you know block the ball in front of the plate and be able to throw out. Uh, base dealers and then just hit the ball. Yeah. Because now it, it, you've taken like a big, I mean, that uh, it puts guys like Jeff Mathis out of a job. Oh, yeah. Awesome. It's going to change everything as far as what we're looking for in the catchers. You know, I remember uh, my buddy worked for the Rockies says, Yeah, we're looking at catchers different. We're not even worried about hitting. It's just about guys who can, you know, frame pitches and block the ball and steal strikes. And mm-hmm. I was like, That seems kind of silly. I mean, how many strikes a year is a guy going to steal? Is he. Uh, is it worth having him in the lineup every day, hitting 180, still in 20 strikes a year? Yeah, I never understood that. Yeah, could have Mike Miner pitch for him, pinch hit for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but because that was basically Miner, that was his catcher, wasn't it? He yeah, really liked seven of his 32 starts. Although Woody told us over and over, he's not. It, you're, we don't do it that way. It's not because. And then you think Miner didn't have a say when he went out and said, "Hey, I want Jeff Mathis." You think he had a say in that? So let me ask you this. You said uh, Jeff Bathis's workload is going to be very low. You specifically put him for Mike Miner starts, start him every fifth day because not, he's so comfortable? No, not that, not that because, I mean, obviously Mike Miner is going to have to work with Robinson Torinos if you have a big series coming up. Absolutely. And, and you know, you have Miner going, but you, you need all the offense you can get. If you're facing – um, you know, and, and the, you know, if you're facing Garrett Cole and you're facing the Yankees rotation, or if you're facing the Oakland rotation, you're going to need all the offense you can get. And let's let's face it, yes, Robinson Torinos isn't, you know, a, a blow blowy away type of hitter, but he can hit the ball out of the ballpark and he gives quality at bats. So, <laughs> are you going to put somebody out there who just batted 158 in 2019? No. I'm not. No. No. Some guys should be allowed to have banging in the dugout. I think. <laughs> if you hit 190 every year, you're allowed to know what's coming. 
<laughs> okay, so I wanted to do now. Now look, let me preface this before we get into this. I was going to do the way too early predictions because the Rangers could make moves within the next two weeks and set their rosters or whatever. But going into the year, I've got mine right here. Let's go division, league, who you think will come out of each league, each division. And I'll start off so you can kind of have an idea of what we're talking about here. And then we'll go into who's the wild card and who wins the pennant over who. Now are we going the seven-team format that Major League Baseball Yeah, that was amazing. Did you oh see that? Oh, my God. When would that start? I guess two years. Now that's an interesting – what do you think of that? No comment. <laughs> He's old school. Where's Bud Selig? I can't believe I'm saying that. I know. I mean, seriously. It's all about so, money. It's TV money. It's TV revenue to get four more teams, uh, two more teams in the playoff. That's exactly what that's too about. confusing. Yeah. Well, okay, so let me just let me put this in perspective for you. In 2015, the National League Central Division sent three teams to the playoffs. Yeah. The St. Louis Cardinals won the division. They won 101 games. The Pittsburgh Pirates won 98 games, and the Chicago Cubs won 97 games. You're talking about a four-win gap between the – division winner, and the bottom wild card team. Right. Let's just say the Rangers win 85 games this year. Right. That, with a seven-team format, that could put them in the playoffs. Let's just say hypothetically it does. Right. Or an 86-win team, 87-win team. Right. And you have a team like the Yankees who's going to win 103, 104, 105 games more than likely. Absolutely. You're talking about that wide of a gap between the top seed and the bottom seed in baseball. No. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's a stupid idea. This that's isn't the NBA. Yeah, yeah. What? A, yeah, the hockey does it too, don't they? Go about eight or nine, eight or nine teams make it from each. Eight and, teams in, in NBA or NBA well, and NHL. You know who will stop that? It'll be agents. That's extra. That's extra arms. That's extra wear on your arm for the extra games that you got to play to get. You know, think of a team, a wild card team that comes in has to go a best two out of three in that first series, and then they actually do go to the World Series. How many games is that? It's sixteen wins to get. A World Series championship, now you're talking 18 wins to get it. If you're trying to get fans to watch your your regular season, which that's where you get most of your ratings, obviously it's the six months of your year. Right. If you're trying to get fans to watch the regular season, then make the regular season count. Don't keep adding teams to the playoffs yeah. to try to hype the playoffs up when they only last a month. Right. Yeah, I go for first half, second half winners as opposed to set you know two extra teams, maybe like they do in the Meyer Leagues. Yeah. Team that wins the first half. Team that wins the second half, if it's the same team, they get a bye. If different teams, they have a playoff. That would keep teams. You're going to have to lay that out. So how well, are you talking? Team, so, you know, so each division. Yeah, winner? yeah, yeah. So, so the 16, or, each yeah. division has a first half and a second half winner. And so that's six teams that, that, that make the playoffs is what you're talking about. Right. And then they have like a three-game series or whatever. So right. the Orioles, you know, if lightning strikes and the Orioles start off hot. one good half. Yeah. They could win, and then the Yankees win the other half. Well, those two teams would play a quick three-game series. The team with the best overall record would have home field for two games. You know, it would keep, it would keep the teams that are losing, you know, 100 games or more a year, yeah. keep their fan base involved because, I mean, once they're 20 games out, nobody's even watching anymore. Yeah, that's true. Well, the other thing is, is that you have that top seed that's going to get a bye. How long are you going to be off? Four or five days? Yeah, because of a three, it's a best out of two out of three series, and so they're going to have to travel. And see, you know, the new, uh, you know, the, I guess, the proposition, what they're considering. The, the CBA that's yeah, coming up? Yeah, exactly. But see, the new playoff, I guess, uh, the new playoff bracket that they were considering was the number one seed will get to choose their opponents. 
Yeah, so, I heard. Yeah, what was so, that? So you think so? Say the, like we were just saying, the Yankees they win 114 games. You got the Rangers sneaking in with 87, 88 wins. We could face. The, I mean, the Yankees in the first round. Well, technically the second round because we have to play the wild card round. Then if we win the wild card round, then the Yankees choose you know their opponent out of the lesser teams, right. so they wouldn't have to face nobody like the Red Sox or say. That's an incentive to be the best. That's an incentive to be the best team. <laughs> to be the best team in the American well, League. The first the the team that finished first would have a buy the first round because there'd be seven teams. Right. The second place team would get to pick who they wanted to play. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think we're just getting way too far away. This game's been going on for a hundred years, and I don't know why well, we have to. Whatever keep happens to just four teams from each league? I mean, that that worked for so long. I, I wasn't even that high on when they added the fifth team from each league right. to, to have the the one game wild card. Um, I wasn't even big on that. I mean, yeah, you're talking about okay, only eight of the thirty teams make it. Well, again, that gives all those teams more incentive to want to do more in the regular season to make the regular season count more. So that you can try to make the playoffs. Yeah, not to not to mention that now that there's two wild card teams, you know the 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 first wild card team could have won ten games or more than the fifth place team. Yeah, and they have a one game playoff. It's all they get. They don't get a, a five game series, nope. and I think they've earned a five game series. Sure, absolutely. So I, looking I, at the standings, how would you feel in the new format, seeing the Boston Red Sox in the postseason and the Arizona Diamondbacks? Because that's what would happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. So, let's go in. So, your pick, let's go to the American League first. American League East. Who do you think is going to win that? Obviously, the Yankees. That's who I have. Yankees. 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 Easy. Yankees. Okay. So, American League Central. I am watching the White Sox. That's Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins. Twins. Twinkies. I'm going to jump on board with you, John. Go White Sox. Go White Sox. American League West. This is where I got... People, I've, I've talked about something I was going to talk about in going into this. The A's. I think the A's are going to win the West. Oakland. I'm going with the Angels. You're going with the Angels. Okay. Hmm. Astros. I'm sorry, people. Astros. No, no. They, they're going to. Look, Alex, just go get a trash can for them. <laughs> Anyways, the Rangers. You think the Rangers if are. The, if the rotation is healthy enough, we need we do need to add one or two more pieces to this lineup. They, they could do it. I think the rotation could be a huge factor for this team. And I don't if, think. If this rotation pitches to their, uh, uh, what to their they ability. Are, to exactly. their ability. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, 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 that could be. Okay, but, so who are your wild card teams? My wild card teams. So this is where the big controversy with me goes. My wild card, I've got the Twins and the Rangers. I got Houston not even making the playoffs this year. Uh, let's see. Wild cards, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa Bay and Houston. Tampa Bay and Houston. I'm going with Oakland and ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. So you've also got the you've got the Astros not making it. The Astros lost Garrett Cole. Uh, Grinky is not even close to what he used to be. They're yep. going to have this thing hanging over them. I think the so too. The whole year. That's what and I think. There's no more trash cans. I, I think that that is that's more of a head case than I think people think. You're going to get booed in every away stadium. I don't care what you say, and you can say that's not going to affect the guy, and it won't affect some. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, if they start out and lose some games, like any hot team can do, you can you look at teams that win pennants and start off and, and horrible, start off one and eight or whatever. Immediately in your head, you're starting to think, well, can we not do it without a trash can? I mean, there's head games that can go into your head. You were a ball player. Worst thing that can happen to any player is to get inside their head. Astros did lose three or four to begin the season at Tampa. Yeah, exactly, and, and, and on there. So who do you got in the wild card? Oh, wait, did you pick yours? I say same as last year, except they're going to be playing at Tampa Bay instead of Oakland. So you've got Oakland and Tampa Bay, okay? It's like we're on the same page, Alex. Oakland and Tampa Bay, but I, want, I think so you don't have the Astros in it either. So no, you don't I have the Astros in the playoffs. But I, you know what I think should happen? I think every away team that the Astros play should have an Astros night, a trash can night. Everybody bring <laughs> many trash That's cans. That's a fan talking. There. I'm <laughs> just saying, bringing many trash cans and just like just like little cowboys with the little things. And just bing, 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 bing. Okay, we're going to go to National League in just a second. But Jeff and I talked about this last week. If you knew every pitch that was coming, how many points higher? You were a 290 hitter, career 290 hitter. If you knew By the every. Way, yes, sorry, yes, career, is, is not a, yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, 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 no. Here's the secret I knew what was coming. No. Um, <laughs> no, I mean. It, you knew what was coming when Mike, Mike Messino was throwing this? I was looking fastball anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it would have made a huge difference. I think it would make a huge difference. With 30 to 50 point. points, right? I think. I mean, at the major leagues, to think you could improve your average 30 or 50 points is kind of, you know, that's pretty drastic improvement. But it would definitely have. It would definitely be higher. But if you knew it was coming, okay, that that means he's throwing me off speed. You're going to. Yeah, I wouldn't be swinging at it. I wouldn't be, be swinging at it. Yeah, because and, – and that was interesting because, look, and, and I've said this. I played baseball through high school. I was not – near good enough to ever go anywhere past that. But I've gone, I've coached, I've gone to the batting cage, you can set the machines on 95 miles an hour. I can get in a machine that's pitching 95 miles an hour and look like a fool for three or four pitches before I start at least putting a barrel on it. And that's a ball going straight right down the middle. So I'm telling you, if 90 mile, 95 mile an hour fastball, now it moves more from an arm, but for a guy like this that plays in the major league, he's a fastball hitter, and on that, when you can sit fastball when you know it's not gonna be one, 30 to 50, easy, I think. That's what I think. Okay, let's go National League. National League, East, I've got the Braves. How about we go around the other way because I'm go. still thinking. You're still thinking? <laughs> okay, I've got the Braves. I'll go to you. I'll agree with the Braves. I do love Acuna. Okay. Going Braves. You're going Braves? Yeah. I think I'm going with the Braves. Maybe the Mets. Mets might be a threat. I think I am going to go with the Braves. That's who I'm leaning on. But I, yeah, I, the Mets are up there. And then, okay, we'll, we'll get more into that. But okay. yeah, I'll just say Braves. Okay, so we'll go central. I'll go first. And we'll go back around this way. I've got the Reds. I think the Reds have made some major moves this year. Um, and, and I want to see, I think the Red. you know, look, you've got Brewers obviously out of the central. But uh, it's a tough division. Then it's going to be a tough one. Who do you got? As much as I hate them for all those years against Texas, you know, I'm 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 feeling the Cardinals. I don't know why, but something about the Cardinals it just it just it just clicks to me. Okay, whoever can beat the Pirates the most. <laughs> What's your beef with, with the Pirates? Man? <laughs> That's his they team. They suck, man. <laughs> they're always everybody. bad, <laughs> except for three years. They're always bad. <laughs> Go with Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with Milwaukee. Milwaukee, they're going to be tough. I've got them. Okay, I will go I'm down. also going to say St. Louis. You're going to say St. Louis. I, I huh? think uh, they're going to add another piece either during spring training. I could see them 
possibly getting in this whole Jock Peterson. Yep. Possible sweepstakes, and you add that. I mean, plus with their rotation, it, they're okay. a good team. Okay, wild card, National League. I've got Nationals and Brewers. We missed the West. No, did, oh, we did. Dodgers. I've got the Do- Dodgers. Dodgers. You got the Dodgers. <laughs> Dodgers. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's almost like We're the Yankees. Much a sure yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would like to be different, but I can't. Dodgers. Dodgers. <laughs> Same thing. Let's go Dodgers. Dodgers for you, too. Okay. Now we'll go to the wild card. And the wild card, I've got the Nationals and the Brewers. That's who I've got. So I had the Braves going, but I, I've got uh, – no, I, I picked the Braves. i got the Reds winning the Central, but i got Brewers coming after that. Give me the Fiddlies and the Pirates. The Pirates? Why? Because Alex chose them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. I'm going to take a little bit of a chance. Going to go with Cardinals and Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks have improved, too. Yeah, I'm going with the Diamondbacks and the Mets. And the Mets. That, see, Mets, I was on the fence with them and the Nationals. That's the same for me, actually. Yeah, because yeah, I really like the, the moves the Diamondbacks have made. Yep. Um, and uh, the Mets look look pretty pretty good, too. So, see, Mets and Diamondbacks. Okay, so, okay, now let's go back to the pennant. We'll go back to the American League. American League pennant. You guys are going to roll your eyes at me on this one. I've got the A's over the Yankees in the American League pennant. Yankees. Over who? Um, yeah, let's say Oakland. O- Yankees, Oakland? O- Yankees over Oakland. Yeah, as much as I dislike the Yankees, it's kind of hard to go against them. Um, there's, there's, I would love it if it was the yeah, ace. Uh, I would love it if it was the ace. It's personal for me. I mean, I'm you know I'm going against what logic says. Yeah, I would <laughs> probably say the Yankees over the Twins. Over the Twins. That's not a bad pick there. Yankees over the Twins. Yep. Yankees over anybody else. I, I don't know who their opponent would be because anybody after the Yankees has a shot really to make it. I mean. Yeah, I mean, look, they're going to be it, – it, it's going to be – they're going to be good. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a mad race. I mean, once everybody reaches to the playoffs, you're talking about, like you said, Oakland, Tampa Bay. I mean, we were talking about the White Sox and then then the Twins. It could really be any one of those teams against the Yankees. Yeah, but the Yankees are going to take them out. Um, And then National League, I've obviously got the Dodgers over. In the National League, I've got Dodgers over the Braves for the pennant. Same for me. Okay. I'm going to go the Dodgers over the Mets. Okay. I'm going to go Brewers over the Braves. Brewers over the Braves. Wow. I think the Braves go all the way this year. If that, if the Braves too. I tell you what, if the Dodgers don't make the World Series this year, there could be a fire sale. There might be some that, – that, that town will have a, you know, a, they'll flip out. Okay, so you've got – I've got the Dodgers in the World Series. I've got the, the Dodgers over the A's in the World Series. Now we're going to go uh, – so – Got three Dodgers. You, both of y'all have the Braves winning the World Series. So it's coming out of the National League. That's what everybody thinks, right? I, I got Brewers, John. Oh, you'd pick Brewers. Okay, Brewers. Okay, my bad. All right, we're going to get to that in just a minute. Okay, let's go back to Texas Ranger predictions. So here's what I want to pick on them. Um, what do you have as – who do you think will be the MVP of the Rangers this year? Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. That's really going out on a limb. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I'm gonna say Willie Calhoun. That's my pick. I'm gonna agree with Willie. Willie. I think Kluber wins 18 games this year. I think Kluber will be the MVP. The MVP. MVP. 
Okay. I've got Willie Calhoun. That's who I have. Who is going to be the best pitcher this year? Kluber. You think Kluber? Uh, I'm going to go Miner. Miner? Miner. I just say Kluber, 18 wins. I know. You've already said it. It's okay. I'll say Miner's going to have 19. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> that's a hot take. Jeff, I'm going to hold you to it. If you're wrong, you owe us a beer. I actually am going a little different. I like Lynn. I think that Lynn, man, Lynn was good last year. And I, and with two other frontline starters on that team, I, I could see Lynn doing something. So I'll go with Lynn on that one. Okay, who's the best pure hitter? Now, we're not talking MVP. We're just talking about pure hitter on the team. And I, I think for me, this guy's the most underrated on the team. Um, Who's going to have the best batting average at the end of the year all-around hitter for the team? I'll say Willie Calhoun just because of he'll get every um, he'll get regular playing time. Yep. Uh, but uh, somebody, if he either by injury or whatever forces his way in, I don't want to overlook Nick Solak either because yeah, he's, he, could, he could hit up – he could hit for average. Yep. So, but I'll say Willie Calhoun. Okay. Um, I think just based on his track record, we know that – Shinsu Chu is going to hit around 280 or 290 and um, probably have a 360 on base percentage. And yeah. uh, just the other guys, who knows? I mean, we can right. dream about these guys. And Willie's shown a lot more than Solak, but I just think we know what we're going to get from Chu. Yep. I think Danny Santana is going to address his concerns as far as being way too aggressive. Yeah. And I think you'll see no regression from him from last yeah, year. Yeah, because he was the MVP last year. So, okay. Is that who you have? It's like, look, it's like the third time. Can I switch seats with Alex so I can go first next time? Danny Santana, man. he's. We're going to see round two from Santana this year. I okay. think we'll like him. For me, I'm going with where Jeff went. I Chew is one of the most underappreciated. Three years ago, we were talking about that contract because of the injuries, and we were – that guy right there – listen, we've been in that locker room. You, you've been in it. We've been in it. You've, do you know Chew? You met Chew? No. Let me tell you what. That guy – looks he is in that guy's in shape that guy puts in the work that guy does not look his age when he is walking around in those tights he wears the, the, the thing he wears all the way down i mean that guy and he is he is like a he is like a flame that moths come to the other players in that locker room just gravitate to chew in that locker room and they all get around him and i'm telling you right now that guy with He'll play mainly DH. He might get in the outfield some, uh, but I, mainly he's going to be a DH. I think that this is this could be a, a huge year, especially a contract year going into it also. And it, and I would have no issue, and I know that sounds crazy to some Ranger fans who are just fed up with you. We're going to get rid of that contract or whatever. Look, why not two more years for $30 million? You know what I mean? A couple more years at a, as a DH mainly and something like that. Because that guy right there, he's still got game left if he can stay healthy. That's you know, he can own a comedy club, too. Yeah, he's that pretty, good? Yeah, pretty funny. He's a pretty funny guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, home runs. Let's see. Who, 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 who do you think? I have Gallo at 39. If I have Gallo as the MVP, then I have to have him as home runs. How many is he going to hit? 42. 42. Uh, 32. He'll probably get injured at some point. That will stop him from getting to 40. His other handmate bone? Or, yeah. Yeah. And he'll have to stop down. He'll have 32 at the All-Star break, and he won't play another – Handmates are tough to come back from. <laughs> Took you a week? Is that what it was? Two weeks? Three weeks. <laughs> Three weeks. Took him a half a season. Okay. 35. And you got Gallo. Gallo. Okay. Gallo, but I think he drops another 40. But right at 40. Right at 40. Right at I got 39. 40. You got 40. You got 42. Okay. So, rookie of the year. Who is going to be the rookie of the year for the Texas Rangers? 
I have DeMarcus Evans. I'm going to say Adelise Garcia. You said that, dude. Talk about that. You saw him I, hit. I saw him hit. This is the guy that camp. came from the Cardinals. Yes. They pretty much purchased him for the Cardinals. They pretty much just gave cash and they got him. Yeah. Um, seeing him hit, again, it's another guy who can mash the ball. Um, he does have a bit of a wild approach. Um, but look at what Chris Woodward and his regime have done with Gallo uh, yeah. and, and how he's improved with his plate discipline. Still not perfectly there, but it's improved. Dan Santana has improved because of it. If they can get the same message across, at least Garcia and everything that you know, I had a conversation with with Chris Woodward about it. Yeah, and I mean, he's saying that he is like at least is open to everything that's going on right now and to what they what they want to tell him. So, if that's the case and he's open to to changing, he's. I mean, he was a top prospect for the Cardinals, right? Uh, you know, not not that long ago. He's got the talent. He's had a taste of the big leagues, but just barely. Yeah, and he's, didn't do well. and I yeah. just looked it up to see if his rookie status was still in. in uh, intact and it is. So yep. I'm gonna say Adelise Garcia is the rookie of the year. I'm gonna go with Evans. You're gonna go with Evans also. You liked him. You've seen him pitch. You like him. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's gonna. He ends up, I bet, at the back of that rotation somewhere. Not not closing if Leclerc does what he. But I bet that's a seventh or eighth inning guy. By the end of the year. I By the end of the year. There, yeah. yeah. I believe Jose Trevino is still under rookie status. So that's so. Let me look that up. Yep. Because he only yeah he came up for so. just the last month. So, I think so, As you too. go further along in the season, Mathis' time is going to go down. Yeah. Trevino is going to get more time. And you're going to see what he has on display. Exactly. That could be. You're good. So, you didn't take mine this time, but all y'all did. All y'all did. DeMarcus, DeMarcus Evans. DeMarcus, DeMarcus Evans. I mean, the, the guy has pure talent. And if he puts it all together, we'll see good things from him. I do like DeMarcus Evans. I just wanted to take a hot take with Adelise Garcia. Yeah, and, and that's a guy. You you told me about him when we were talking. That's somebody I'm anxious to see, too, and watch play. All right, we're going to open this up to Q&A. If any of you want to ask any questions before we turn this thing down, you want to reach over and turn that microphone on. So anybody have any questions for anyone here, just step up, ask a question, and uh, and tell us your name and do it. Just come up to the microphone. I know this one. This is Chandler. Who's your hero? Who was your hero growing up when you were playing? Uh, Willie Mays. Willie Mays. Willie Mays, yeah. Um, dating myself, but... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, well, Willie Mays, when I was a, a little boy living in California, Willie Mays was on the Giants, and, uh, man, he was all-world. and I was almost too young to get to see him play, but I did see him play a little bit, and... Uh, um, I mean, he's one of the greatest, the greatest players, uh, say hey kid, to ever play the game. So, uh, pretty good role model there. Man, uh, uh, you got one? Okay. Uh, I'm Logan Mitchell, and this is to the panel, really, for all you guys. Uh, we're talking about the Rangers are maybe not quite there as far as no World Series contender. Is there one guy you think that could put us over the top? And if so, who would it be? It's a good question. Is there one player? So we've all. We've all got on the team, or no? He, I, I think what he means is, is there a move they could make? Someone they could go get, maybe at a at a trade deadline or something to that, that uh, that could that could turn this team into a serious serious contender. Arenado, 
It has to be, the, right? That'd probably be the consensus. Yeah. yeah. Who, okay, so who would y'all rather have, Arenado or Chris Bryant? I Arenado. Arenado is the better for price. Yes. I, um, yes. Would you? How much would y'all give well, up? Well, you got to. Here, here's my thing with Arenado. He signed. He's got the longer deal. It's already in place. Scott Boris represents Chris Bryant. There's no way he's going to extend before he gets to free agency. And so you're only going to have him for two years. Uh, you can at least negotiate with Arenado about the, the opt-out that he has after right. two years. You have two years of Chris Bryant, and that's it. And if Arenado is, is not fantastic and is just good, he's not going to opt out. So, I mean, he's, he's got 30... Two million on the table, or whatever he's making per year, he's not going to opt out. He's going to take that and and not do it if he's just and it, you know it could be like a chew thing where it gradually gets better as it goes. That I think Arenado, if the bullpen does what it's supposed to do and that rotation does what it's supposed to do, yeah, that one player you move Fraser over to first if if uh, if uh, uh, what's his name isn't solidified over there at first base guzman um you know and, and i still like guzman i, I really do he, defensively he's really good i but you like you said you gotta hit i mean we, gotta, we just we just found out uh that he's been uh working out in the dominican with nelson cruz this winter guzman hit 303 in september yes he did yes he did and dude when he hits a ball when he's he's got power when he barrels I mean, he's not. Uh, what did you call it? A paint scraper that you, you hit for the cycle? That time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, barely, barely, it creeps over the fence. No, he's got huge power. He's just, I mean, you, and I hope the guy, you know, figures it out hitting wise. But sweetheart, you of a can't guy have too. a first baseman that's hitting two twenty. No, you can't. You can't do it. No, not. and so hopefully, you know, he hits around two sixty, two seventy with twenty some home runs and with his great defense at first base you can keep him in there but you have to at least do that to play first base in the big leagues absolutely yep i mean honestly at this point i'd even take if you can at least up the on base percentage like joey gallo at least when joey gallo was batting 200 he was still getting on base you know a lot com- yeah. you know, compared to his batting average his right. OPS was still up there because of it yep um but he's got a yeah he's got a and, and the thing is that from everything that we're hearing from the from these guys not just with the older guys like Elvis and Odor, but even some of the younger guys who they're expecting to take a step forward, the leash for them is not going to be very long this year. No, nope. they expect Guzman to take a step forward this year, and if he doesn't, they're going to f- try to find other. They're going to find some of the. If, and if, he's going to have competition in camp because if Greg Bird comes in and he's healthy, yes. we've seen what Greg Bird's capable of. But you know, he's got to be he's got to be healthy, and obviously he's still got improvements to make. But and I'll tell you this in, in your question right here. Let me tell you what this team itself. If they hit on all cylinders, this is a team that could be leading going into the All-Star break and getting towards their – they are capable of putting together offense. I mean, they, they are if, if all of these guys play the way they're supposed to. I think everyone gets bogged down on, oh, we were supposed to sign Rendon. It would have been great to sign Rendon. It didn't happen. But, look, these guys are big league players. If they play to what they're capable of doing, this is a team that could compete and it could be there. Then that move may not be – it may not have to be an Arenado move. If, if Guzman's doing what he's supposed to at first, maybe that move goes into something else. Maybe a, an all-star caliber center fielder that someone's ready to, to, to just let go for a, well, you know, somebody coming into free They had agent. one that could have traded for this offseason with Starling Marte, but they couldn't do that. Yeah, that's your pirate guy, too. He's hey, a pirate you know guy. What? I'm okay. Yeah, his defense wasn't very good in center field. Yeah. Um, but, come on, he still plays good enough defense, and then you get what he gets. I mean, he was he's pretty much guaranteed for a 280 average, hitting 20 home runs every year, and stealing 30 bases. 
I mean, what more can you ask for from no, a guy playing every Exactly. Day? I was a Marte fan. I liked it. Because, look, if they, you know, if they get a center fielder, some, you know, Danny Santana played first base a lot. And that's a he right. He doesn't hit. like to play first base. I know he doesn't like to, but I tell you what, he likes to bat. He, he likes to be in the lineup. What did Santana do last year? What was his offensive numbers? He had 28, 28 home runs. 28 home runs and batted 283. Then why do we need Danny San, Why do we need Marte? Santana just did what Marte did. You're talking about maybe defensively because Santana is. But Marte's not an above average center fielder. No, not center fielder. No. Le- left fielder, yes, right. absolutely. And he won two gold gloves playing left field. So, so the, but you're you're asking him to come play center field here. Yes, that's what what you would be doing. But I mean, again, if you, I mean, if Dan, and not granted, Danny Santana doesn't like playing first base, but he's open to playing other positions. He's open to being the super utility guy again. Yep. Um, if it, you got a Starling Marte, you figure out a way to make it work. Because if you're adding that offense, and then I mean, you find a place to put Santana. If that's cool. first base, because Ronald Guzman's not getting the job done, then that's what you do. Hey, you slide over. Maybe you slide over Frazier, and, and Santana goes and plays third. Ooh, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Um, well, he did Frazier's it last a good year. Third third, Frazier's a good third baseman. He is a good third baseman. It's good to, to hide him there. Anybody else got any questions? This, hey. Give it up for Brett. This is the owner of the bar, Brett. Thank you for asking us to come out here. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys coming in. Um, just want to ask what y'all were just talking about with some of the players, but how uh, concerned are you about the Rangers? It seems like they have a lot of guys that, quite honestly, they prefer to be a DA, but they have to stick them somewhere. How much of a weakness do you think that's That's a very legit. I think the biggest issue is – I mean, you're. I mean, you're. Uh, you know, more of an old school guy. I'm. I'm kind of more leaning the old school way, as well. Up the middle, the defense is what what you want to have as your best defense. And Elvis is. I mean, he's slimmed down this off season. He'll hopefully have that range again, and you know, be able to do. You know, and if Odor. Um, Odor can play defense. He can I mean, play defense. He's got he's, flashes. He's got, he's got a hit, but defensively he should be there. But if he's not there offensively and Solak comes in, that's going to be an issue yep. if he's playing second base because he's not a good defensive. We just talked about yet. Santana. If he's a center fielder, if you're straight going straight that's, up the middle that's, there. That's not – yeah, so uh, I like Gallo in right field. I think he's going to be your best defender as, as it stands right now or Guzman at first base. Uh, Chris Woodward, I mean, flat out told me, me and Alex both, that if Joey Gallo plays right field, he's going to win a goal. That's what Chris was. He's got the arm to do it. I mean, that's what you do. Hey, you played some outfit. What was your when you played in the outfield? I know. You, I mean, you came up second baseman. We remember you as Rangers second baseman. How different is it in the outfield, especially at the major league level? What did you mainly play when you were out? Were you a center fielder, or did you play left or right? I played all three. All three. But yeah, it was really boring in the outfield. It's really boring in yeah, the outfield. Yeah, you don't get many balls. Sometimes can I, you might. Can I ask get... you a question real quick then? Yeah. Because somebody who's coming into camp who I'm really high on is going to be getting looks at center field and first base, and that's Nick Solak. And the Rangers want to get his bat in the lineup because he's been hitting really well. For From your perspective, what is he going to be going through at, in spring training as he's getting work out, going from playing primarily second and third base to playing, to trying to get you know at-bats in center field? Well, I wouldn't start in center field. I mean, that's the most – I mean, for you a guy – got to cover a lot of range. Well, for a guy who is questionably, questionable defensively and the infield – to go put him in the hardest position to play in the outfield, yeah. to me, is a stretch. I mean, you can maybe hide a guy in left field or right field for a little while, but in the big leagues, you can't hide a bad defensive player. You just can't. So um, He's know, got good legs under him. For, I think first base would be easier for him mm-hmm. as an outfield, I mean, than, than center field. Yeah. Um, but for me, being a, a middle infielder and always being involved in every play, 
almost in the game. Um, to go to the outfield was pretty boring, but I, you know the way I looked at it was like, man, if you can't play the outfield, you can't play anywhere. Where else? Is, I mean, it's the easiest position on the field. Your glove's twice as big. Yeah. You know, you if you don't catch it, you hit the cutoff, man. It's not that tough. So I never really understood why, why, you know, when when I remember playing with Kevin Reimer and you know, yes, he couldn't catch a cold out there for some reason, and um, you know, luckily he could hit hit some home runs, but yeah. Uh, I, I just don't understand how you can't at least be a good outfielder if you're a major leaguer. Well, now you know why in Little League why the coaches always put the worst defenders out in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's that's the easiest position. I'm a coach. I was a coach. That's where I hit them. It's the easiest place to, to try to right hide field. that hole out there. Right field, yeah. Yeah. Now I want y'all to remember, it's very hard because we had Mike Napoli in right field at one point, so we know it's hard to hide him out there. <laughs> But what about Scott Heineman? That's I was about to say something about that. Scott Heineman, that's a true center fielder too. He played a lot of center field in AAA. He put up some good numbers there too. He didn't put up as well when he got to the big leagues. I don't think he got a big enough taste when he got up here. They were moving him at first base, putting him out in the outfield. He is a guy. Look, if he tears up spring, I, I don't know. He's not going to make the team out of spring training. He I don't, could. I mean, he, I, I, it, I, it, it, it's. it's Yes. It's either going to be Adelis Garcia or Scott Heineman. Yes, that yes. Yeah, and, and you're right. But that's a guy right there that's a right-handed bat that's got power. My wife and I, Kathy, were, we went and saw uh, when, when uh, he was playing with uh, – we went to Nashville to watch Nashville play, and they were playing Round Rock, and that's when Round Rock was the AAA for, for uh, the Rangers. And Heineman hit a home run that night, and I remember that. I, I knew he was. He was one I wanted to watch hit a home run out in the field. Man, that dude was everywhere. He's like a little rabbit out there running around making catches. That guy could play, and he's got some pop. And so, you know, as much as Santana – look, how about Heineman in center field, Santana at first base, or, you know, something to that effect if that's what the best position is. I just hope that he has the sustainability offensively. That's the deal. That's what he's got to do. He's got – you can't hit 200 and play center field. You can't uh, – what you is it? Hit, play, you, hit 200 and play anywhere. And, and, by the way, you can steal first base in that one league. Uh, oh, what, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're it's, trying. Yeah. Uh, the uh, – Atlantic League. Yeah, the Atlantic yeah. League, they're going to try that. Where if, if and, and it doesn't even have to be strike three. You can the, swing at any time if you think it's going to be a but, fastball. Well, if, if you can, yeah, you can swing at it, and it passes by, and then you can take off. It could be the first pitch. That's Rod it, Manford. <laughs> that's one of his new things. He's innovative. That's yeah, how he's going to do he's it. He's coming up with some stuff. Anybody else got anything? If not, let's wind this thing down. Hey, Heath Criswell, thanks for coming out. He took some pictures from us. Everybody give Heath. Prospect Times, y'all need to go follow Heath. Uh, uh, Prospect Times on Twitter. Uh, good friend that we've talked to. I've seen him a few times out there at uh, at the. Uh, he's always out at the Frisco Rough Riders games. I think that's it, guys. We're going to wind this down. Everybody, give a round of applause. Chris Halleck from Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Jeff Fry, former Texas Ranger. Thanks for coming out, Jeff. Alex Plink from Dallas Sports Fanatic. Thanks, Alex. JC, uh, Joe Carrillo from Dallas Sports Nation. I'm your host, the Recliner Nerd. Hey, I appreciate everyone that came out. I appreciate uh, Bricks Bar and Grill for putting this up. Everybody take care of Shay behind the bar. Uh, she's been doing a great job back there. Take care of her. And like I say at the end of every episode on here and everything I write, nerd out.